Hello everyone, it's 2024 and we are back aggressively, th- apparently, throwing our controversial opinions right into your ear holes and across the <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to another episode of the When It Is You podcast. For those new around these parts, think of us as your new video game book club pals, hailing from both ends of the United Kingdom, offering a deep dive into a different game just about every other week. We talk ins, outs, ups, downs, and every so often we stumble into something meaningful or interesting this week. One thing I have a problem, right, Alex, is if I know what I'm going to say, fine, I can say it. If I know what I'm going to say or I know what I'm about to read and it doesn't match what I'm expecting it to read, i.e. I've put a typo in there, it trips me the fuck up every single time. I'm Ron Burgundy. Because part of my brain goes, just go with it. You've obviously written it down so it'll make sense eventually. But then you're like, no, this doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. But... We're just going to carry on. This week, according to our timeline, we've all dis- already discussed it on this on Game of the Year podcast. But on your time timeline, we will be talking about it soon. We are back with another round of game. This time in the form of Alan Wake 2. Settle in, folks. This one's a doozy. And, as usual, while well, you get your ears accustomed to our accents, my name remains David and sitting. I don't know. Alan Wake. The- I- I'm in the dark place. of in the dark you- place. You're really in the dark place. I- it's dark and cold. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the dark place. Across from me, sitting in the my dark place. Across from me is my I'm partner, Clay, Mister Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, Alex? Yeah, <laughs> tired, I'm, exhausted. Yeah, I'm tired for upsetting everybody on Twitter by just. You've only upset the Sega crew, which apparently is the angriest crew. Just, yeah, I th- I once I was trying to think of like the the odd time I once put under a GameSpot Instagram post talking about the. The Mario remasters, you know how they did the end. The it wasn't a remaster. It, they they shot yeah. out the old 3D Mario games in a in a collection. Mm. And I put under a I put under a, a Gamespot post that it was lazy, and I just had Nintendo hell brought upon me. <laughs> just just a bunch of nerds coming at me, just giving me absolute abuse, saying that I know nothing and that it's amazing. It's the best remaster ever made. Holy shit. Right. One of the ones that, that I found really funny is that someone was like, oh, were you born in the mid-2000s? As if, as if which is like... That's a, is that a dick? Sadly, <laughs> sadly not. <laughs> now, obviously, obviously, even though people are accusing us of bait, just because I put out a picture that took me a couple of hours to make. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I could have been playing Spider-Man 2 last night, but no, I made a fucking shitty PNG of all the consoles in a row, in a grid, I'm and gonna like some it numbers. It. Let's get some more hit on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, the, people are, yeah, people are claiming that we're like 
trying to get social media engagement. I genuinely like thought nobody would look at it. I didn't think people cared about anything that we do apart from you know You've done a our corner job, of the buddy. internet. And um, I can guarantee that that nobody is coming to this episode based off of seeing that image. But if you are here for that and you want to hear like my reaction to it, you know all those consoles in that list. I've got every fucking single one of them, right? I've got I've got games for all of them, and I've played all of them a lot for like thirty odd years. So I know more than you do. So fuck off. <laughs> Come and show me. Look, if everyone's watching the video, look, they're all up there, you fucking moment. cunts. They're all there. Look, there's a Saturn. I don't hate it. It's plugged into a television, right? So if you're listening to this, I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> You, you're right. This is your Jim Sterling moment. Moment. You're going full Jim Sterling here. Did he do that? Did he? I don't know. He's just going wild, telling everyone to fuck themselves. I feel like. Oh well, yeah. It's usually big companies he tells to fuck himself. I don't know if this will make you feel better or worse, but I think I broke my record, personal record, accidentally. Not that it's something I even pay attention to or even try. Um, I last Saturday I was in the house and what was I doing? I think I was having a glass of wine and I was like, I don't know why. But I really want to watch the new Gladiators show. So <laughs> yeah, okay. I stuck it on and I was watching. It. I was like, "I'm sorry, this is I'm I'm having such a good time watching this, and I hate to admit it." So I put a Twitter. I tweeted, "I can't believe I'm saying this because this type of show is generally not my thing." But the comeback of Gladiators on BBC could not be more welcome. I love it. Hashtag Gladiators. It's currently sitting at 285 likes. Oh wow! <laughs> and and. Um, thirty-eight thousand one hundred views, and I was like, "Whoa!" And so I was just, I was just kind of watching it, just like out of like a weird, morbid interest. I was like, "Right, I've been talking about video on and well, maybe not so much on Twitter, but I've mm. been podcasting and discussing video games for more than a decade now." And me just farting out a tweet about the gladiators with a gif under it has had much more attention than any of my stuff ever has. And then I was just like reading some of the, I was like, "Oh no," because it sort of hit that moment where just people start commenting under it and it's my favorite one is from a, a man called joshua martin price so that you've you've heard my tweet his response to that is strong men lack a good lack good speed of movement control like i was arguing that they didn't <laughs> so i was like who is this man so i went on his on his twitter and his tweets are the essence to living is death the essence to living is dying spiritual success is personal interpretation the road to spiritual success is paved with bad and good intentions. And they go on and on and on like this. So this man is just, I don't know, he's on a one-man Twitter war with himself. The other one and was a, 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 the other like sort of funny one was Becky Green. She, she was saying she watched it in the 90s and that no doubt the BBC are now flooded with complaints about gladiators being dressed inappropriately nowadays. And I was like, I'm not even getting involved in this. You'll be <sighs> shouting about Brexit in a moment. So I'm just going to move on. <laughs> I don't, there's every you know I, I've largely either not used Twitter or I've basically curated it to just be like news gaming news websites yeah. and I don't read the comments so there's a lot of times that I just kind of was like didn't see what was so bad about it but every now and again you just you have a glimpse such a fucking whore man so I want to make it very clear to all the listeners to this podcast if you've followed us by listening to this podcast so therefore you've already listened to the console ranking episode and you're back to hear more you are my kind of people I like you. That rat early yeah. was not aimed at you. It's aimed it's for at, the people that aren't paying attention. It's aimed at dickheads who just saw a picture and thought we were the worst human beings alive because the Wii U is higher than the Saturn. Yeah, I like I mean, it we're, more. So, we're quite, we're, right? We are quite low on the list of 
worst human beings or high on the list high on the list of bad human beings yeah that'll do somebody said to me uh in one of the tweets he said something like enjoy your newfound infamy <laughs> In- I'm infamous? infamous because I like the Xbox 360. Great game, by the way. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Actually, no, it's fine. It's um, all right. It's, uh, that was like during the era of that. Like it, we just got like a splurge of sort of open world. Yeah. Runners, and what that was, was one of the prototype? better ones. Prototype was the other one, and I suppose was Crackdown one? was a good one. That Crackdown was, was a, a good earlier. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, of course, I don't. I don't mean any of the hate. It's just very funny how insane people are about just like we're not not anything in our nothing in the post that we put said that anything was bad. It just was like here's what we like in order. We regularly <laughs> say on this podcast because we don't make any money about this. We only play things we like. Uh, yeah, there was. A, I, I can't remember what it was. It must have been to do with the GameCube. I think that's one of the things where you were like, um, yeah, but it's our list, so fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> and you were right. And at the end of the day, that that is the essence of everything we do. It's the, our opinion, so fuck it. If you're listening to yeah. us and you've continued to do so, thanks, because you obviously don't mind our opinions and don't hate us. If you're genuinely shook by any of our opinions, one, get a grip and just accept that some people have different opinions from me. And two, just just go away. Nobody's, nobody's, making, nobody's making you listen to this. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But at least tell us <laughs> I don't that you've mind. listened to this before you shout at us. Don't just do it based off of a picture. I actually, I am so up for it if people listen and have a different opinion and want to discuss it with us. I'm all yeah. up for that. Oh, yeah. All totally. up for that. You have a right to reply to the podcast, not to It's just irritating that you put in effort on this thing and then you just get. <laughs> <laughs> podcast took so long it was three and a half hours it probably took me two Uh, days to edit that and no one's going to listen to it based off of the picture i made they're just going to go you're a fucking idiot why do you think the n64 is so good because i do because it made me very happy as a child why would you not why would you hate me for that (laughs) it's like i've just finally just like finally uh, discovered that the internet has bad people on it or something it's like i'm shook I gave way too many people way too much of a like a sort of considered answer. Like none of them deserved it. No, some of them no, came back round again, and other others just would not let it go. Sagaholic needs to. I think I said something about um, his Sagaholism has broken his brain when he said that the Saturn had a better library than the N sixty four. That that is, he did not yeah, like that. Now. He went, "Let's keep it's it civil." Gone. All right, calm down. Mate. <laughs> 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 sorry what in, what in what sense sorry ocarina of time isn't better than everything on the saturn you're right let's keep it civil don't, don't let's not commit hate crimes i'm very sorry that i think that goldeneye is better than oh, i don't know i can't think i haven't got any bad saturn games to to pull to hand the so, mist version of of uh the the sega saturn version of mist is not good i love that you just said the only no mist <laughs> I wonder what's better actually. The Resident Oh Resident Evil 2 is not even on the Saturn. I wonder why. Is it because it was like smashing sales records and was like a juggernaut? No. No, they didn't make it for the Saturn because no one bought a Saturn. <laughs> uh oh, seriously though, um the Saturn is very fun. <laughs> and everyone everyone should grab a Saturn, as I said on the podcast, burn a bunch of fucking CDs. Uh, CDRs of like all the good Saturn games, all the Japanese ones, and you'll have a I'm really doing it good one time. Day. One day, because it's got some brilliant shit on there. 
And that was the very key point of our podcast is that apart from me not really liking the Master System and you having no opinion on the Mega CD, we like every single one of the other ones. We yeah. like all of them. I have them. If you're a sort of a longer term listener to this podcast as well, on several occasions I will bring out bring up the jungle level of Sonic <laughs> on the Sega Master System. Yeah. And I, I will fight you. It is up there with the best music in Sonic. I just don't understand why he's got brown shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah, every other Sonic has red shoes. I mean I'm not gonna fight anybody. I didn't expect we'd have to, but apparently we did. <laughs> I just thought I'll just chuck this up. <laughs> Nobody will care. But I'm doing it because I always do it. Oh, for everything that's it that's what it was that's what it was like, nobody cares that I wrote a Simpsons game review in a magazine and did about 50 Simpsons quotes and that seamlessly wove their way into the narrative of the review no one cares about that they just care that the Wii U is higher than the Saturn I hope some of them only play the Saturn that is like that's it some of them probably just, yeah probably do yeah it was just so funny how one of them was like acting as if we're spreading negativity and that we need to we need to celebrate the Saturn more to educate That's a younger people. Positive podcast. We had a great time. Yeah. Like, stop! Don't say bad things about the Saturn. Make don't say it was a disaster. That means people won't go back and learn and educate themselves on the Saturn. I, I don't think it will have any effect on any of it. No. You know what's um effect? No, oh, no. I can't think of a segue to Alan Wake too. So what I will say is, if if you have if you have terminal cancer. Um, don't get a Sega Saturn ever. Just play Alan Wake Two instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You that's nailed that. Just yeah. That's the. Key I was trying to, to away. think of an analogy, but then I couldn't remember what, what they're called. You know, like the shadow people in the dark place. Taken. That's a bit like Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because you don't know which ones are real. They're all actually. Oh yeah. In, in the, in the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had a couple. Oh, yeah, we obviously had a couple of porn bots get involved with their. Excellent. I don't. I, I, Still, actually, don't know how that works. Like, I don't know. Remember, how. we were randomly getting every everything. Every we were was it you, me, and Joel were having a conversation. Yeah. Everything we said got liked by someone like called Marjorie or something like that. Just yeah. like just like this innocuous name. Yeah, it's so weird. But different different surnames, but all called like Emma something or something like that, or Emily. <laughs> um, I just I just don't get it. I don't get how that works. I wonder if one. Of, think i've i think because i've reported them as spam like they, i can't even read them back now but it would be stuff like um omg xbox 360 number one crazy mega drive though that rules i love me some Wii, and then it'll be like onlyfans.com forward slash whatever. <laughs> yeah you do like some Wii, so don't you? yeah <laughs> so it's like is that have you written that like do these porn bots actually write that or is that ai is it an AI bot that then picks like certain things from what I've said? What's the purpose though? These like act, I wonder if they're active OnlyFans accounts. Because it had to. Well, they have no followers either. Like they follow yes. like ten thousand people, and they have like six followers, and five of them are probably their other bot accounts. But like, how does it pick up what was in the picture? Because I didn't say the words of those well, did consoles. You not? No. Or maybe I did. Maybe I did write. Uh, actually, maybe I did. I did write. I did write the words Xbox 360 and Mega. Yeah, maybe it did just copy the words. Then I'm fa- I'm I'm almost fascinated by how porn bots become have have suddenly just become relevant. Like they've they've taken parts of what we've said and tr- and made it look as if it's a real response. This must be AI. It's got to be. AI, it has yeah. to be AI because before it would just be like you know, oh hey babes, I love what you're doing in the space. Keep being yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Check out my tits and. 
um, now it's like, oh my God, you're so wrong about the N64. I've always been much more of a Sega Master System fan. Would you like to see my burger? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's wild. What, what is the point in it? I don't. I what don't a time know. to be alive! I tried to move away from Twitter recently and just go for go onto the, what's it called Threads, and I just, I just, just not as good. Like every other, every other post is like an advert, and it's the same advert over and over again. Try to sell me the same pair of shoes from the same company, and nobody, nobody's used. It's just does it doesn't. Well, certainly with my sort of circles, it is not taken off. Uh, no, no, it hasn't. Now, I have actually forgot to mention to you because I haven't done enough with it yet and I don't know if I've got the final code that I need, but we have we are on Blue Sky now. I haven't posted Oh, excellent. I haven't posted anything at all. Uh I got Is Blue Sky meant to be good? I have no idea. I, it it just feels like it's got um fewer people on it, so ratio-wise, the number of psychos will be less. Uh but I need yeah. to. You have to wait like a certain amount of time before you can get more codes. So I've got one for the for this podcast, and then one for me. Oh, nice one! So then I'm just waiting to get you a th- get you the third code, yeah, or the second like code, and then we'll, we'll try Blue Sky for a bit and see if we can stay away from Sega Sandman. Um, yeah, genuinely, I'm ex- interested in having an alternative to Twitter because it's such a such a cesspit these days. Well, it's, yeah, and it's one that's ran by a complete idiot that pays mm-hmm. people money for engagements so people just say outlandish shit not us <laughs> we said what we think is right and it was harmless oh my God. but um yeah i don't think twitter does anything for us anyway like i don't i think nah. that, i don't think we've ever really gotten anything out of twitter in like not that I'm aware for the of. podcast i don't know where the listens come from but i doubt it's there just feel yeah. i just feel obliged like it just seems to have been always the way to just yeah better put it on twitter but i don't i don't know why <laughs> I'd do that. I don't know why. Whether I wonder if I just did nothing, if anything would change. We need to find more people like us and start volunteering ourselves to guest on each other's podcasts. I think that's the yeah, idea. yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about Album Eight too. Yeah, fucking what a game! Love it. Absolutely game. love it. Talking about top lists of all time. Like, I, I've always kind of trying to have a rule myself because that's. I, I feel like there's a. I bet in the next podcast people are going to listen to it. It sounds like I just absolutely about turn and change my opinion to sit with you, but it's generally not. It's that in previous podcasts I've had a tendency to be like overly hyperbolic and say this is one of the best things I've ever seen. And then as time goes on, time goes on, and I get more distance from a game. Well, actually, no, that was just it was cool. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be a bit chilled. But there's like moments in this game that are incredible. Yeah. And the more I actually I've, take myself out of it and look back at like some of the more individual strands of it, I then think mm-hmm. it's even more incredible because of that as well. Like they mm-hmm. built a coffee themed theme park in it and yeah. you had to explore that. And then you went into like a hotel, like a, a abandoned hotel that had a, had like a cult do a ritualistic murder in it and you can change how it looks by just typing stuff on a typewriter and then it changes the entire thing that's some big time like um insomniac shit in it with the old ratchet yeah. and clack rift apart they yeah. pulled that shit right off that hotel was fantastic actually had more yeah. than that to me it had more than a whiff of um stephen king what's it called yeah shining yeah the shining to it yeah <laughs> it and d- the um like the use of live action in it that oh, remedy perfect. have switched that round from being you know they had the they had the comic panels in Max Payne, which was 
you know objectively mm. cool as hell but like stuff like quantum break is quantum break only on xbox i might yeah. have to i'm gonna have to try it yeah that for so me, i'm ahead of the game i've already finished our next game so i've got a bit of time i could maybe have a look at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but that was that to me just felt like slightly misguided and a bit cheesy whereas now the, did you play it did you the level i played some of it and got fed up right okay because i've not even touched it it was like you'd play a level and forgive me if there are any fans of the game listening and I've, uh, you know, this is an inaccurate assumption, but you would play like a segment of the game and then it would be like half an hour. You just have to sit yeah, and watch, like watch an episode. A TV show. And I just got so bored of that because it's so badly, yeah. so badly acted and, and like un- underwritten um, and slow paced as well. Whereas now in Alan Wake 2, the way that they've just sit, like almost seamlessly blended it into alongside CG graphics at times. Was it and talking about um, kicking the bees nest and annoying people? Is that not just what it's like playing a Kojima game? Play a little bit of gameplay and sit still for three hours and watch cutscenes? It's kind of what it's like playing a Yakuza game, to be honest, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and worse still, the ones on the remaster that I was playing on PS5, I just finished Yakuza 4 the other day, you can't even pause them. Some of them are 20 minutes long, you can't pause oh them. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's just like I'm sitting there like... <laughs> Like last night, in fact, after I'd finished work, I just thought, well, I'll just finish, I'll just finish the game off. And then cutscene after cutscene after cutscene, and, I, you know, my child needs her dinner and I'm not making it because I'm watching Yakuza cutscenes. That's <laughs> true. That actually, I'm trying to think that so when man. I was dabbling in Yakuza, that one, um, who's it, Majima, the guy with the eye patch? Yeah. How have I pulled that out of my arse? Anyway, him, <laughs> um, he was, it was when you go to his, or when it, it like cuts to him when you when you control him for the first time and you're, you're in his restaurant slash like sleazy lady bar oh yeah that cut scene where he's like on his hands and knees because there's a drunk guy just like apologizing then he ends up on stage yeah that that is an absolutely wild that's a long one yeah that's he's like um he sort of like turns the other cheek but at the same yeah. time like batters the shit out of him doesn't he? It? it's really yeah really like stylish but yeah that goes on a long time i think that's because like that was huge amount of fan service just like look how we're going to introduce this iconic character Right, okay. from before you knew him like you're going to want to see how we handle the first bit of Majima that you see and because that was my first game it, it was cool but I imagine if you'd seen him throughout the, the history of the series all the way up to then mm-hmm. you'd absolutely lose your mind at that Right, okay. I would have yeah, thought yeah. anyway makes sense it's funny because in Yakuza 4 Majima's in it for about 30 seconds <laughs> so it's like this is a spoiler for anyone who's ever uh, going to go play it or hasn't played it maybe David I doubt it though um, may get there one day i've tried i mean I've, I've yeah i've given zero a good shot and i was liking it yeah but i mean every game is like 70 odd hours so you've got your miles off um but yeah like basically they say to kiryu i think it's kiryu yeah it's kiryu all oh, right okay some shit's going down now we've all we, we need some help you're gonna have to go and ask majima to help us and he's like yeah he's the only one who can help us and then you go to meet up with Majima, and as you get there, he just he's just getting hauled out of wherever he is by the police, and he gets put in the back of a police car, and he's like, sorry, Kiri, you've got to do it without me. And that's it. That's all he's in the game. I was gutted. I saw an amazing clip that I'm going to send you, and I will put it... No, I'm not going to put it on our Twitter. Fuck off. Um, so people just look for this themselves. But I saw this this YouTube video, and it was called like um, Yakuza Moments That Are Burned Into My Brain, and it had a clip from the... Um, <laughs> from the Yakuza live action film they did a few have you watched ago. that I have not but there's just a oh, clip of just to. like this bloke like dressed as Kiryu in his little like grey suit with his turned up collar and then he sort of just turns around in a hallway and then halfway out of a door is just Majima with his eye patch and he just goes 
Kitty or Chad. And that's it. That's it. It just looks, it was just so terrible. But I, I may have to watch it now. It's very funny. You, you have to. You've, you've put so much time into those. Even if it's bad, you've got to see it through. Yeah, I, I did start watching the Phoenix Wright film at one point, but um, that was shit. Mm. Anyway, Alan Wake. I want to caveat the fact that um, we were supposed to have done this like last week on Wednesday, but this is a Tuesday now following. And uh, I was disappointed in how bad my notes were and how difficult I was finding it to concisely retell the story. Um, don't blame you and I was like I tried to watch it I tried to watch a YouTube video that like had the story explained so I thought well I'll just use that to like remember the key points and then mm-hmm. like summarise it and it was two and a half hours oh and God. I just thought to myself like why does anyone listening to this podcast need to hear me talk about the story of Alan Wake like we'll talk about they've it they've probably played it yeah but I am not we are not going to run you through the story and we're not going to run you through how no. the game goes we're just going to chat about how great this game is and why because I feel like it's just caused me too much stress and no one needs to hear me tell you the story because you've probably already played it or if you haven't I'll, yeah. I'll spoil it for you anyway so fuck that sorry like my view on, on the podcast is like hopefully the people listening to it have at least some sort of point of reference for the game so they don't need us to run through beat by beat by beat by beat they just want us to chat about the game and be enthusiastic about it or shit on it if it's bollocks yeah somebody said to me like oh you don't was it kdb it was like oh you don't need to worry about that just just talk about how great it is for two hours someone said that to me maybe yeah maybe him yeah it might have been it might have been pikmin guy yes pikmin guy who is actually really annoyed now that we recorded the game of the year episode like last week and it's not coming out till like next week because he's yeah. like when do i get to hear you talk about me being the pikmin guy well you've got to spoiler, wait. spoiler alert it's um pikmin is not a game of the year no it might be it might be you know i am getting it for my birthday so you know he is he, yeah. he was just yeah, happy so, when I told yeah. him that. and uh, as long as he knows it's now it's your responsibility to relay how much of a worthwhile game that is to play because yeah. on my own i am not playing pikmin but if you suddenly become <laughs> pikmin man number two i i might get into it because i am extremely so the the clips of of stuff i've seen of it mainly that donkey video he did mm. um it's fucking ace looking for a for a switch for a, especially game. for a switch game it looks fantastic yeah the, the, um, and i've heard it's a puzzle game and i do like a sort of puzzle game i didn't realize that was that's it's like what a it puzzle was. sort of strategy thing isn't it and apparently it's it's like the most welcoming for people who are new to it. Whereas I, I played three on the Wii U and, and got rid of it fairly quickly because, mm-hmm. well, that control scheme was a, was a bit odd and it just, it just didn't grab me. But this one, apparently that the third one is apparently the worst. If you're a, a fan of the series, Pikmin three is the worst of the lot. So oh, really he, I think he, Pikmin guy said that this was number one for him. And he, I okay. thought he was all about two. So I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to give we'll it a wait try. and see yeah we'll wait and see what you think of it because it's got the the major hurdles it's got is a I, I, I don't like the switch console particularly <laughs> and <laughs> Twitter um, knows it, that yeah and it's coming with the Nintendo tax yeah it's 40 quid to which get a hold of the game. bad yeah that's, that's actually fine yeah so it, it might have been him but they but after they said you know just talk about how great the game is to us I, I thought like is that boring do people really want to hear that hell no but uh, no, so I've rethought my whole life. And yeah, we're just going to talk about how great it is for two hours. <laughs> you rethought your whole life. You've handed in your notice. You're going off to live in the woods. Yeah. Um, I've realised now that the Saturn is better than the Wii U. So everything's changed. Um, new year, new me. Throwing your mobile phone out the window. You're getting rid of your computer. You're just going to write exclusively on a typewriter. Make yourself a mind palace. So um, 
that's actually reminded me of several things several things right first of all i just want to say um to pikmin guy if you're listening congratulations that you're not a vegetarian anymore um that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever when i came back to work after christmas and saw him for the first time he's like i've got something to tell you and i shit myself because i really like him and i didn't want him to be leaving and he's not leaving um he just said, yeah, I'm eating meat now. And, and f- th- he said, like, his first bit of meat that he had again was some, f- like, fridge raiders. Do you know what they are? Oh, he is. He, yes. <laughs> fuck but, me. But he'd, he'd had to be, he'd had to wait, like, he hadn't had any meat for six years. So he just, he thought to himself, or he said to himself. What is barely meat? Yeah, let's yeah. go for that. Well, he, apparently the reasoning was, like, um, if you go too heavy with it, like, you're, right, okay. your body yeah, can't I've digest heard that. it. And you're I've heard your body trouble. doesn't, yeah, if, if you d- doesn't like it when you go back. So... After that, like we ha- we have these things at work, they're called like yum chop, and they're like jerk chicken, like frozen sort of jerk chicken and rice kind of meals that we put in the microwave because we're rebels and we don't go to the dining hall. The rest of the staff, we go sit back in the office and watch YouTube and eat yum chop with chopsticks. <laughs> eat jerk chicken with chopsticks, like fucking idiots. Yeah. So what's his reasoning, or is it private? Like, what's his? Why is he? Why was he a vegetarian, and why is he now not? Uh, apparently, he was a vegetarian because. Uh, to prove that he could be i think okay then he then so i i am giving his story so you know he has a right to reply if he wants to come on the podcast and say so uh then he said that he like looked into it after being a vegetarian and realized that actually it's probably a good thing because eating meat is really bad for the environment and i agree with that yeah and then he realized that the the choice of things to eat as a vegetarian is actually still kind of shit um, it's a lot of like processed bean burgers and lots of cheese, which he's not right, okay, very yeah. tolerant of either. Set incredibly carb, carbohydrate heavy. Yeah, apparently his missus is uh, also a veggie, but she's a fussy veggie. So like half the stuff he oh wanted, he also couldn't eat either, and he doesn't like mushrooms. So he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to do it. I don't care anymore." He said, "Oh yeah, I was eating loads of Haribo throughout, so that's got meat gelatin in it anyway. So I probably wasn't a proper veggie anyway." So. <laughs> I tell you though, you, do you, Percy pigs uh, like the vegan oh, yeah. ones are better than the are better than the ones with gelatin in them. I will. He got me onto Beyond anyone. Burger actually, which um, I really like. Never had one. They're so bad for you though. Like, yeah, well, that's kind of why I've never had one. They see if they were healthy, like because I love nothing better than a burger. Yeah, I love it's a my burger. favorite thing in the world. And I've seen them. I thought, oh, I'll try them. But then if they're not good for you, so I'm like, well, if I'm already doing this, I'm just going to go just, for the yeah. thing I know I like. Just eat a bit of steak. But yeah, apparently he ate, yeah. he ate full on like McDonald's and loads of stuff over that weekend afterwards as well. He just went full on, and he's fine. He's oh not dead, God. so good for him. But so that was him saying New Year, New Me. But there was another story yeah, yeah. that they've told me that I've been desperate to tell you for ages, and I keep forgetting. And um, so they had this friend. Right, and I, uh, I can't remember how long it was since they'd seen him, but apparently they hadn't seen him for ages. Then he saw him in the town and started talking to him about it, and he'd become a lighthouse keeper. My granddad used to be a lighthouse keeper. My mum grew up living in lighthouses. Oh, you've told me that before. I think I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't know they still were a thing though, because they're all automated now. I guess he he checks that they're working. Does he, he maintains them? You're about to hear what else they do. So. <laughs> In the sen- in the style of New Year, New Me, he said to uh, Pikmin guy, um, oh, I'm gay now, by the way. And he was like, all right, okay. And he went, yeah, I was bummed against my will in the lighthouse and I realised that I liked it, so I'm gay now. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, there's another word for that. Oh, my God. Mm, hadn't, hadn't, been, hadn't seen this man in years, apparently. 
And then he just came out with that. Like, yeah, I was bummed against my will in the lighthouse and I realised I liked it, so I'm gay now. Okay. That is a story. So I hope... <laughs> I hope... I'm sure your granddad did not see anything of the like. I don't think so. No, my God. There is a lighthouse in Wales. St- I'm no, not going to the lighthouse ever now. I don't want to get bummed no. against my will. Anyway. Yeah, yeah let's get right off that. <laughs> Just move back on element two. First of all, because we just said that, you know, oh yeah, it's going to be us talking about how much we love Alan Wake for two hours. Having this game on digital only can get fucked in the I don't know why. right it's, it's in the, the little hole at the end of your dick. Fuck but off. Remedy aren't struggling now. They won't be struggling for a publisher. And like this was epic. Con- remember? Oh, is it? Are they publishing it? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. You are dickheads. Because they're trying to push their epic store, right? It must be probably. But who buys physical PC games? They could have done a physical console. Who makes physical PC games? Yeah. I don't even have a disc hole to disk drive (laughs) on my PC, so I couldn't if I wanted to. Oh, yeah, neither do I. Um, But so I have to to get this at a price that doesn't make me upset, which was AKA £70, because no. Um, I had to create myself an Indonesian PlayStation account using a, you know, doing a quick Google to get some kind of random Indonesian address to sign up for the account. Then I had to go on to Off Gamers and buy an Indonesian PlayStation card um, for whatever the fuck their currency is. I don't remember what it was called, but it's not good. So I, <laughs> I got the amount I needed for 35 quid to buy the game, which again, which is basically half price. Then I had to go on my PS5 and sign in the indonesian playstation account i had to buy the game on the indonesian playstation store on my computer using the voucher that i bought from off gamers then redeem that voucher on my playstation sorry on that account and then i had to log that account onto my playstation log into it download the game then set up console sharing then log out of that account log back into my uk account and then i could play the game the way that i wanted. good god and if you would just made a disc i wouldn't have had to upset you know i wouldn't have had to help the downfall of the Indonesian currency, but here we are, epic. Here we I hope are. you're happy. So that's Jeez shit. Louise. I, yeah, I that's hate fair. that. That is. The I thing. don't know why. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't do. It's worrying. I know. I'm sure I saw a news story somewhere that something like seven out of ten game sales are now digital. I know it's it is the way that it's going. Like, I, I would I do it a lot, but most like I like to get them for my birthday. Yeah. So I like to put on my list, get me this game for my birthday, and but he does. And then when I'm done with it, I get rid of it. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to go away, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's it on the is. way already. People are already doing it. So that sucks. And then I had, you know, I had some of the performance issues. I think. Yeah, what did you have? Because I had a couple. And as the, as the game, as I sort of got towards the, the conclusion of the game, they got steadily worse for mm, me. Okay. It, it was like fine for three quarters of the game and then I hit a point where I got one and when I got one, I started. they started sort of appearing quite often. Sorry, so what did you have? Well, it started off with this, the audio sync issues that KDB has mentioned, I believe, on. So what is on that? Because I don't know. So, oh, what, basically, what the one, the, just the syncing was totally wrong. Like they, would, oh, they okay. would open their mouth and then two seconds later... The right, okay, I had happen. that a bit. The, the worst one for me is there was, a, there was a bit where Alan Wake... You know, like when... There's a bit where Alan Wake is in the cabin. You you take control of him. Is it towards the end? And and Alex Casey is um he just sort of disappears or goes chasing after someone. 
Mm. Am I talking about the right bit? And you leave the cabin as Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's that is towards the end, isn't it? Where Casey's now Casey's now scratch, right? That bit. Yeah, that's it. Scratch come, apparently comes, but I've now confused myself because Scratch is Alan Wake. But he's Alex Casey later when the darkness comes out of Alan Wake and goes into Casey. Uh, yeah, 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 okay. Um, yeah, so what happened was I had, like, no sound effects and no music. All I had was, like, Alan Wake grunting, so there's an explosion, and or I get, Alan Wake gets hit in the head or something like that, and he's, like, getting up on all, he's, all he can hear is, like, <clears throat> oh. and everything else is silent, That's... and I restart, fixed it. But, yeah, that, that was going on for about five minutes. That was the worst one I got. Luckily, the restart fixed the syncing issues for me because I would I couldn't have played it like that. It was no. so off. And I parts of me were getting confused as the game went on, thinking it was coming back again. But the reason for that is obviously because I did I don't believe I can't believe I didn't know this. But obviously Alan Wake is portrayed by a Finnish man and voiced by an American, and I did not realise that. And therefore you can kind of tell said. Yeah. that there's a slight bit of a syncing disconnect because obviously Finnish guys miming and then American guys talking over the top. So, so I had an not ever so slight sinking issue near the beginning of the game, but I let it go because it's like, is this game just doing something weird? Well, that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing, I f- began to find it difficult to pick things up. I found it like that from the start. Yeah, it was just, and there's, there's one, there's like a couple boxes where I had to like, like Alan Wake or saga would be standing looking at the box and you couldn't see what was in the yep. box so you had to like turn her to her side and like angle the camera yep. up so you could see in and then like move it around and just keep tapping the arx button until they collected it, it happened so many so times. so many times to the point where one time i did that and i walked out the room and had a look at the map and it said that i'd missed something in the room i was like no i didn't and then i went back in and go oh yeah sorry it's tucked right in the fucking darkest <laughs> corner of this box i just opened <laughs> That's just the weird physics in the, in the, like because you could knock over more things than I mm-hmm. realised at times, and I kept hearing noises and being very scared. But it was just Alan has just kicked over a lamp or something. Do you think that's like a? That's just. Do you think do other games do that? Because I, I, having recently played Max Payne, that's something that jumped out to me. If you like walk into like a chair, it'll knock the chair over and stuff mm. like that. And I wonder if that was a a thing that they've just kept because most games don't do that these days. I think there was a period where physics that's true. were all the rage. Yeah. And they would have done that, but I would say recently that's not a thing. Like, if I walked into a chair in The Last of Us, for example, it wouldn't fall over. Hmm. I don't think. Oh, my God. Now, are we just now going to be doing, like, QA testing on every game? We're going to take twice as long to do every podcast because we're going to be knocking all the furniture over to test this theory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's probably a reason why there's, I mean, like, maybe not the bugs that we're talking about, but, like, part of the reason that people always talk about how there's so many bugs in Bethesda games is because the game is, like, I was going to say literally, it's not literally, it's metaphorically, literally, (laughs) metaphorically a house of cards that is basically everything stacked on top of each other. And like, there's no other game that you can go in and like pick up a hundred cabbages and then vomit them up in a room at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like the game is just sort of built in a way that is rickety, um, almost by design because you can interact with everything. You can't quite do that in Alan Wake, but you can interact with a lot of things and sort of move things about. Yeah. Yeah, you can. It was, yeah, it was um, an interesting choice for them to do that, but not for the not for everything, but just for like you know, some items can be just have free physics and other items don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I what have you have you got a sort of direction you want to take this podcast in terms of like is there themes you want to discuss? Yeah, I've, there's lots of questions I've got, and maybe I'll save them till the end, and if we don't cover them, I'll yes, I say I'll so. throw them at you. Yeah, I think we will just play it loosey goosey, baby. Yeah. Okay. 
but I was just going to get some of the nitpicking out of the way, and then we'll yeah, let's get the, yeah the nitpicking. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, Alan, yeah, I mean, obviously, Alan Wake, the the visual performance and the the voice performance are both very very good. They just there were times when I was like, it sounds like he's in a different room to Saga, and I know this he time he's definitely not. Um, but yes, it's because uh, yeah, it was dubbed in a in a different way, I suppose. Um, here's this, uh, yeah, so performance issues. I got quite a few frame drops, like especially in um, New York where in the dark place when it, especially when it was mm-hmm. raining later on as well and there was loads of shadows that were some of them obviously aren't enemies some of them are and you've got explosions of light and you're throwing flares and stuff like it would tank the frame rate and at one point it was genuinely a, a, almost like a freeze frame image it just paused because i fucked it so much and i even started to muck the um, the sound up at times like the sound would start cutting in and out because i mm. <laughs> killed the frame rate so hard so that was a shame i'm i'm assuming that is going to get patched out or it's going to be fixed with a couple well, of... Oh, you would hope so. Um, yeah, I'm trying would. to think how mine... Mine ran on my Series X mostly fine, apart from the sort of bugs, that, like I was saying, that started to appear towards the end of the game. I did try at one point to load it up in my Series S and I lasted about 15 minutes, oh, turned yeah. it off and went to my different console. It is not a... It's, this is... And this may exist in other games and I just haven't sort of clicked on it, but this this game is not really a fun experience on a series s it's the first time that i've played my series s and thought oh no there's a significant difference here usually it's fairly like for like Mm. maybe the the textures are a bit worse um loading ever so slightly slower but like Mm. yeah this this is the worst one for it and it's it's a shame that is a shame because i wouldn't i don't have an eye for frame rates particularly but this one i was just oh this is hurting my Hurt my eyeballs. There's a lot going on in every scene. No matter where mm-hmm. you are, you know, if you're Saga, there's tons of like foliage around and just lots of lighting effects going. And the lighting in this game is excellent, except for I think we both agreed that the mirrors are d- totally busted. Like it was oh, yeah. just like a yeah. weird pixelated shadowy image, not in any mm-hmm. way a reflection. Seems like that was like a some I don't know like a a remnant of them maybe thinking about putting ray tracing in and then kicking it to the curb but could not, be. not bothering to fix yeah. the fact that there's no ray tracing and no reflections either i don't know it could be i, I imagine like apparently uh, or in sort of i imagine mirrors are quite intensive things to do duke nukem had mirrors in it so you know it's duke nukem there's a there's a there's a game i don't think it's duke nukem but there's a game we have played recently that has mirrors in it and if you look at yourself in the mirror what they've actually done is they have a They've created a box, but it's essentially a window you're looking through, and they've created a box, and they just they have another character that you you're also controlling at the same time. And when you're looking in the mirror, you're actually seeing the character walking around this room that they've segregated off. Well, I know that was in Shenmue, and I I thought I must have told you that because maybe that's where that's coming from. Steve said about that on the on the Sega uh, the yeah Hall maybe of Fame uh, maybe I'm regurgitating info you giving me yeah. Because I'm, yeah, it's almost like somebody did a video on it, which we must have had a look at, where basically they they went in and were like, "Look, see, it's, it's just a total same room mapped." Because that's apparently easier to just duplicate hmm. the room than it is to do a, a smaller. I don't know, or it was anyway. Very strange. One of the other things that bothered me only slightly is, well, first of all, like some weird spelling and typos and stuff. I kept noticing a couple of times. <laughs> There was one bit, you know, when you're Saga and you're in the mind place and she's putting all of her mm-hmm. clues on the board. At one yeah. point, one of them said something. It was talking about, obviously, Cauldron Lake or whatever, and it said, The The Lake Lake. And I, oh, just I missed that. Was like, eh? I think otherwise the game 
for the most part runs really well. Um, yeah, and it, for the it, most it part, looks I've... fucking awesome. It looks fantastic. The mocap in this game is outrageously good. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and the face graphics and the the lip syncing and stuff is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks absolutely fantastic. I have a. Do you have a preference for which person character? Do you have a favorite character to control? Um, I like the. I like how they differentiated the characters and how they feel and how they basically all of their campaign felt. It's almost like. Saga was more of a continuation of Alan Wake 1 because she's mm-hmm. still walking around the woods shooting Taken, mm-hmm. doing co- more collectible stuff, really, than Alan Wake is. Whereas with sure. Alan Wake, they just decided to take his character and use the fact that he's in this narrative status of he's in the dark place, this parallel twisted universe where everything that you write can become reality. They just ran with that and decided to make that part of the game just as wild and as free-flowing as they wanted it to be. This is why you have We Sing and things about him watching himself on TVs and changing the environment by writing stuff down and flicking things over with the light to make different paths for himself. Like They, they did more of the, all the more inventive stuff was in that Alan Wake bit. And then they mm. transposed the original Alan Wake gameplay onto Saga and just sort of kept that going with the same style as the original for those who wanted more of that. So she's more of like a horror action game. And then Alan Wake is more of like a psychological horror puzzler, which I just thought was just a really good like contrast between the two styles where switching between them would always be something like quite wildly different in what you were doing and where you were and how it felt. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I certainly didn't do enough of in the game is switching between the characters i sort of just mainlined the character until it made me change and then would mainline the next character i needed a break from alan wake because it scared me so much i had to switch back to saga and just like chill out for a bit because the alan wake sections were so scary to me that all the shadows and not knowing where they are and they're always talking at you and they're all over the place i was hoping she would know right the, up. know the answer to this or whether i just got better at the game but at the beginning of the game when I was, or the beginning of the Alan Wake section, I find it quite difficult to tell who was going to attack me when. And then there's like a tooltip that tells you to turn your light off because it makes them harder to see yes, you. It does, which yeah. I never did. Um, I, I just did sort of ran about my light on all the time. Um, but then I think I don't know whether it's because I had upgraded or or so I just got an eye for it. Towards the end of the Alan Wake stuff, it becomes quite obvious which of the the shadows are going to get you and which aren't. If you sort of, I notice if you sort of hover your, if you hover your light over them and just wait, yeah, the the see the non-real ones or the ones that aren't going to attack you, it becomes apparent in their see-through. And if they mm. don't do it, they're ones that are going to get you. And so I, I sort of did a flip between finding it incredibly scary because there was a lot, especially in that underground section. Oh yeah, um, that was so scary. Trying to get out of there was absolutely terrifying. But by the end of the Alan Wake stuff, I just I kind of knew who was coming when, and you could kind of predict it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I was looking at it based off of their movement, like how the sh- okay. So the ones that yeah. were kind of just like languishing in the background, they were like, okay. Um, they were not a problem. But if they started to dart around, they were a problem. But then later I- on, the ones that weren't attacking you started doing that as well, and I felt like I never managed to get a read on it. So you you dealt with that better than I did. I did. I, well, I even found there was the towards the end of the Alan Wake stuff as well. You would be walking past a dithering one, and it would knock you to the ground. Oh, I hated those wankers. That didn't mean they were then dangerous. No, sometimes just, they would just knock obstacle. you to the ground, and they would continue to be, yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, I, I can't decide, and I would love someone to be able to tell me. I can't decide if I sort of figured it out, if something changed. Mm. You probably did, or you know, like I just got a better eye for it. Yeah, because that underground section scared the life out of me. Yeah, this that's is- another thing that was absolutely fantastic is the sound design. Yeah, to the game there it's was so a, and every time it gave me a prickle down my spine when you'd complete a a, a riddle for Saga, yeah, and then it would go all fuzzy, and then you would see like. I don't know, like black marks going on. And there was, there was one where you're in like an old building, you're in like a cabin mm. and you could hear footsteps yeah. going and you knew where they were in the, in like above you, like, oh, they're up and to the left. That was, that, that chilled me. And I, and it's, it's the first time I've ever, cause I get opposite fear with games. You, you were talking about, we, t- we spoke about layers of fear. I spoke about how layers of fear didn't scare me cause I knew there was no mm. agency to me and what was going to happen was going to happen to me. No matter what, yeah. Whereas that made you worse. That was the first time I'd had, kind of had Alexisms, and that like I knew that because I'd done a lot of riddles by that point, so I knew there was nothing upstairs. I don't but know. I'd I mean, sometimes terrified they, me going up there. Sometimes the riddles would get you attacked, though. I, I think I thought they felt that they kept that relatively open ended because there's one where like it's where you're in the um, is it the lakeside cabin? Some some sort of cabins, anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's like the riddle ends up with uh, like a bloke just bursts out of one of the cabins you've been in at the front door and he's a big fat lad. And there was another one where it's talking about like a wolf stalking somebody. And then as soon as you did the riddle, like wolves attacked you. So I felt like I never really could be sure. I did think in that instance that there probably isn't anybody upstairs, but there were, there were a couple of times where you followed those dark footsteps and then it would actually be an enemy. I'm trying to think of the way to word it. I knew there was nothing going to be supernatural. It would be... Oh, okay, yeah. It'd be like a wolf or a tree cult man or <laughs> yeah, one of the Taken, which I know I realise is supernatural in itself, but I know, hopefully yeah. you know what I mean. It's yeah. not going to be like... If, there's, if they're putting black splodges about the place, I'm not going to find some black ghost. Yeah, it's not scratch. Going around. Just being like, yeah. yay! <laughs> what did you think of the riddles? I quite enjoyed them. I think for the majority of the game... All the collect well, the collectibles compared to Alan Wake One are night and day far, so better. far better because a they require some kind of either puzzle solving or um, they're they're more difficult to find than just mm. randomly placed somewhere. They're not difficult to find, sorry. They're sort of signposted in a way that you have to think about rather than just even the boxes. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> fucking thermos flask you missed in that room because you weren't paying attention. Whereas this one you have to follow a riddle or something to open the stash or find where it is or whatever. So yes, they, they involved more brain power to actually get to, but then also they meant, they all meant something. There wasn't any just pick up a thermos and it just get them all for the achievement. There was, you know, the lunch boxes would give you the weapon upgrade parts. Mm -hmm. The stashes would be stashes of stuff. The riddles would get you the charms for her bracelet. And then Alan Wake had the words of power that would do the upgrades mm-hmm. for him. And what was the other thing that he had? Oh, he had more oh, stashes the, as well from Tim Breaker. Yeah, and it? he also had the the eclipse things that would give you an echo. That's yeah, what they're called. which gives you story, which is yeah. fine. But um, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, some of the stashes with the maths puzzles on. I no, can't do it. <laughs> just can't do it just i'm looking at i even thought to myself as soon as i started reading it it's like this guy has 30 of this and then he divides it by 11 and gives it to uh, no sorry i don't if i'm gonna play math in a video game i'll pay persona 5 thank you 
but I'm looking at. I'm not even wasting my time on it. I tried it on a calculator, and I, and then I looked at the guide on IGN, and it was like the way this one is: two x minus four y equals seven y. Solve y. And I'm like, no, no, I'm 37. No, just tell me the answer. But yeah, really I liked how inventive they were as well. Because even mm. at a treasure hunt, at one point, a sort of treasure hunt where you found a map and you had to follow it. To find the key to a stash. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And the the one I was talking about, actually, where that guy bursts out of the cabin, that was the thing where the... Is that that one? The little kids had drawn their little thing. Is that the thing you're on about? Yeah, I think and so. It's like, it's, it's like the group un- of cabins. Yeah, you have to go... Yeah, like, you've go got f- to go under the tree. And- yeah, and it's like, go through the... and it was, But it was drawing, like, things from the imagination of a kid, but it was, like, it was everyday kind of... Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, really, really liked all of that sort of stuff. I liked the riddles where, as well. They were fun. While we're on it, are you up enough to sort of be able to explain the ending to the riddles what so the apparently that you know so the once you complete all the riddles you end up speaking to a guy on the radio oh yeah he gets, and he's like he, oh you've been messing with my stuff and then he tries to get you into the does he try and get you he's with to, something he, or he's trying to you he's trying to make you end up in the dark place he's trying to figure out a way that, right, okay. that solving those riddles will suck you into the dark place but in the end he, he gets sucked into the dark place instead and is it clear, how does he get sucked in the dark place? I, we don't see. I guess the same way that um, Nightingale did in the first game. Just like, yoink! Yeah, he just gets taken. That's a nice there. parallel, wasn't it? To start this game where you're playing as big, fat, naked oh, Nightingale. I love that. Love the start. It was so good. I can't imagine there's many games that kick off with a big, fat, naked man filling your screen with hairy arse. Did you try and see his dick? I did, yeah. I spun around for ages. If you, go you. On my, if, if you go on my stream, you will see me trying for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Because they showed they showed it later anyway, so I was just like, "Well, yeah. why wouldn't you let me just you know try and be like, hey, caught you?" Guess because no. someone will have to put in jiggle physics, right? Oh yeah. Well, it was quite cold, and he was very bloated, so his balls would have yeah. shrank quite a bit. I would have thought. The yeah. one thing that I may need to look up to understand, but the revelation that Nightingale was already taken. And the cult are good guys because they mm. were trying to force the clicker into his heart and press the button to kill him the way that Alan did to Barbara Jagger. Did not appear to be taken when I was controlling him. Did not feel like he was taken in any way. No. No, not at all. He was no, terrified. He, he, he was running for his life. I'm almost certain he talked normally. But that could yeah. be me misremembering. He was obviously quite grey and he was bloated because he'd been in the lake, I guess. And he'd just come out of the lake. So that explained that. So obviously the darkness is in him. But I don't know if they gave... I don't know. Was it maybe... So could it, it, could it be... Could, could it be an Alan Wake situation in which the darkness is there but not always sort of omnipresent and controlling? True. That's true. That is a very could good be that, point. That sort of fits... Yeah, you're right, because he is scratched the whole time, right? Whether that was yeah. scratch just manipulating them or whether he was actually lucid enough in those periods to actually sort of... Because otherwise, otherwise, yeah, when Alan Wake is... Well, Alan Wake is scratched the entire time, so if he's constantly got that in him, then he was being far too helpful to the FBI for it to be mm-hmm. a ruse, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I doubt Scratch would have let himself be put in prison and stuff like that. Or maybe he would have because he seems. But then he, but then he jumped out of him. He just left prison of his own accord. 
So it's unclear but whether he left Alan and went into our mighty boy. And yeah, then... he did. So I think the is the presence like a one being thing. So like maybe yeah maybe could he, not if it's an Alan it probably could also be in <laughs> yeah. someone else if that makes sense yeah I quite enjoyed it when Alan is like sort of zapped through the prison bars and hit a guy so hard he put his jacket on <laughs> <laughs> yeah which confused me because I was like why the fuck is he wearing a where's he got his brothers or whatever from? it was called yeah biker jacket I said right, yeah. to you before talk while we're on the subject of clothing as well why Alan Wake was dressed up in his American Nightmare get up. Yeah, for most of the in the non-canon. I assume it's clothes. just like a nod. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, haha, look at this. It's because it's the exact same check shirt, open in the same way. Yeah, that is very odd. Mm. I like it if it's just a nod. And I, yeah, I re- obviously, you know, that's part of the reason why we're not talking about the story because it's too involved with other games and stuff. But I do, mm-hmm. I like what they're cooking. I'm really impressed with how much they've managed to interweave like basically every single one of their games to sort it's of done well i guess i've been trying to i've been trying to think why because i really have quite a severe hatred towards the marvel movies mm-hmm. and i hate that you've to watch one marvel movie you've got to watch about 80 others i hate that so but then i found myself really enjoying this and really enjoying the sort of remedy extended universe to sort of like try and draw a parallel between the two totally and i i don't know maybe it's just as simple as it's actually done well and intelligently and yeah it's, you don't it's not have children. to know it no children need to yeah. be thought about because it's a i don't know what the rating of the game is because there's no box mm. to look at it on but um yeah it's obviously for more mature audiences so and i guess we've had and like you know 20 hours in each of these things to acclimatize mm-hmm. ourselves to the story rather than an hour and a half two years ago sort of thing like movies are mm-hmm. so. i've also never played control yet and i was aware that there was things from control in there i i was i was relieved to see it wasn't as heavy-handed with the control stuff yeah. as i was worried it might whereas be. they could have done that yeah. and so whereas i don't feel like I've, i feel like i would have got more from it if I had played Control, but I yeah. don't necessarily feel like I had much of a lesser experience. Like no. I had a full, fully fledged, rounded experience that explained itself without hitting you over the head. It was um, yeah. vague in a lot of ways that I was confused about. Like I was, I am still baffled by that section where you can watch the film in the theater. I wish I did that. I didn't do that. I'm you didn't so do annoyed that. by that. Oh my! I I I don't know what that is. I sat and watched it. Neither does Alex Casey. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it's like twenty minutes long, and it is weird. And it's I can't even sort of piece together what it was talking about. Mm-hmm. He has like Alex Casey's character. Is is it Alex Casey? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he gets poisoned. He gets his like. He gets like. Tree cult of the tree, as in like he just gets his insides. He gets stabbed to bits. Like some woman appears. He ends up naked. Like I, it's, I don't understand anything that was going on in that at all. I was just baffled. He appeared to have some sort of like brother that was talking about killing him, right? And then he appears and has a conversation. Then they share some vodka with each other. And then a woman appears. Oh, it's it's odd, man. I need to watch it really on YouTube. Odd. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do that after this because I'm so annoyed. I didn't watch any of it. Didn't know it was a thing. No. Um, but even that kind of try- stuff is like that's classic remedy. But I think they, I think they implemented that in this game better than than they ever have before. Like it didn't, it didn't bog itself down with overdoing the um, D 
different TV shows and stuff. Like, I feel like in Max Payne 2, yeah. that was kind of cool at the time. But when we were actually, you and I were sort of talking about how many of them we even paid any attention to. And yeah, some of them are kind of trying to be telling the story of, oh, this is about Max and Mona, and this is about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Number one, they were really hard to actually, like, pay attention to because they were so tiny. Mm. Like, just the fact that this game let you fucking zoom, press the button and zoom in and just watch the TV knowing you're not going to get shot. That became such a thing during that era as well, didn't it? Because there was, like, Max... I know these are, like, slightly... It's within, like, five years of each other, I think. Like, the Max Payne stuff with the TV stuff, then GTA went wild. You built like, go and sit down and watch Ricky Gervais' stand-up shows oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah! And the one that jumped up to, jumped out to me when you were talking about the TV shows is the darkness. You could actually sit down with your girlfriend and watch, like, entire mini-episodes of a TV show they had invented. Wow. What, the darkness game? Yeah, the darkness. I'm sure it's the darkness. Yeah, that's the one where you're like a sort of kid. Little... Your dad's a mafia boss. Yeah, and yeah. you've got like the dark things, and you, you're, yeah. your your girlfriend gets killed right right near the beginning. Um, at the start of it, you can go and sit and watch TV with her. It's really weird. Jesus, that that was a thing back then. But Remedy have obviously kept it going. They have they've gone like home run with it with Quantum Break, and now they've wound it back because you enjoyed those commercials, didn't you? That you could watch. Yeah, well, I I definitely did like the fact that. Um. Koskala brothers, uh, Ilmo and Yako. Yako. Oh, yeah. I, I did like the fact that obviously it was very, very blatantly the same actor, just in one stage he's got a really shit fake beard on. I, <laughs> I enjoyed that and how he was like, he, oh, clearly they were getting given beer by people to do these things and he's drunk as fuck and just doing a terrible job. I liked the one where he was like doing all the karate shit to break oh, yeah. whatever. Um, and I very much liked the coffee one where the guy said, oh, no, this coffee is shit. And he went, yeah, you that's, don't have coffee that's shit. It's probably the only one I've really properly watched. The other sort of, like, I started watching and then wandered off a lot of the time. <laughs> and the last one I didn't even, I just ran into the shop, set it off, and then ran out again. The last one you can get in the diner. Oh, yeah. Because that was basically most of what they had. I mean, they had, they had the old bloke's radio show, which mm-hmm. you, I believe, off air posed the question to me of, is that real? Because you seem to remember that when you went in his room and he's doing the radio show, there's actually nothing turned on. Oh, his, his screens are all off. Yeah, everything's turned off. So I was like, is this... I did not notice that. That is... Yeah. Maybe it is just... Where is that? Is that in... It's... That's in the old folks' home. It's saga. your saga. Yeah. Okay. And you're you're in there and you're looking for well, that is the broadcast. tour you... and... Yeah, because you can hear that as saga, right? It's not like an Alan Wake Dark Place thing. It is in the... In the try to think, you do do you hear it? You definitely hear his radio show. I'm yeah, trying to think it's on like the, the campsites and stuff. It's just kind of. I did like the fact that it's still just like the local residents chatting mundane, useless shit about the most Im- like unimportant things for most of it. I st- I though like and well, he's he'll shoot me do down though. Anyway. Like with Saga though, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could trust anything with that either because I think there's <laughs> there's a slight bit of me that wonders if she's just a fake character as well that he's written. <laughs> because her her life starts to get manipulated in a way that I'm like, oh, is she just she is? Are we just sort of witnessing the rewrites? If that makes sense, so like the different drafts and like when he rewrites a draft, like stuff about Car- Saga's life would change. Like her kid was alive. You, he, she speaks to him on the phone at the beginning, and then he goes away. And no, is that not just because she was far enough away from the lake at that point? It could. It could. Well, this is the thing: is it could be that, but I think also between that, there's a. There's a part where Alan Wake says, I need to rewrite this and I need to 
this talks about like giving blood or like doing the hard bits or something, and then then it starts to appear that Saga's kid's dead. Mm. And I'm like, is that so? I, I mean, I I fully fully aware I might be overthinking it, but yeah, there was a bit towards the sort of latter third of the game where I was like, I don't know if Saga's real, especially because she can the, fucking hear what people have said in the past to yeah. each other without actually knowing it. And she's got like her mind palace and she can make yeah. wild leaps of logic. And like her partner is basically Max Payne to a lot, a lot. Like he just becomes more and more, especially like they even start talking about his drink and drugs problem where he's taking painkillers and drinking whiskey stuff. And yeah, Alan Wake has written books in the past about Alex Casey. And there's a real man who's also yep. a detective who's also called Alex Casey who looks the same is he, is he not real? And as Alan Wake just made him, yeah, come to life. They, but, yeah. but Saga knows him because Alan Wake was written that Saga knows him. And oh my god, this game rules, but it hurts. And there's a bit where um, Saga goes, "Oh, Alex, Casey's dying mm. in her mind palace." Did oh, I just she, forget? Or cause why got, is he dying? Because he got um, attacked in somewhere. It's where you find him, and he's like hiding behind those. He's hiding in like some medical office. He's like cowering in the corner, and you go yeah. and save him. But he got great, not gravely injured, but badly injured there. And because so there's a bit she where she goes, "Oh, he's dying, yeah. and he's not telling me about it." Yeah, it's that bit. Like she thinks that he's. It's, it's just that she thinks his injuries there or whatever's going on is worse than he's making out. Like he's been shot. And he's dying, right. Okay, and he's just trying to. Because I was expecting some big reveal that he had, like I don't know, some disease that was killing him but yeah. then it just never never really came to pass i believe that if you play the game on the final draft this is spoiler alert by the way for anybody listening so just skip ahead of like 30 seconds i believe if you play the final draft the ending of that game is that saga's phone is answered by her kid all ah, right okay so because so he well he does he does she does say at the end is you've got to rewrite this and the non-negotiables are my partner lives in, so does yeah. So a kid who I thought was a boy for like the well, first five or six because it's called Logan, which is Wolverine's called, name. Called Logan, yeah. <laughs> You've named your kid after Wolverine, and it's a girl. And um, it was well, a kid that oh, it's just like it's just a kid whose voice hasn't broken. And then they were like talking about it being a girl's name. I was like, is it? <laughs> I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah, sure. Carry on. Um, but yeah, obviously in the normal ending. For the first ray round, she rings the phone. And it does the old inception. Is his little dreidel going to fall over? Right. Okay. And the kid answers but, eventually. But if you do the set, if you play it again on the final draft, then yeah, the kid does answer. And I can't. I don't know what happens after that. But so I think something obviously leads it back to the fact that is Alan back in the? Is he in the? He's dark back in the, or is he normal at that point? And or is he dead? He must she be in the dark place because he's, light, he's in his writer's room. Yeah. Which turn? Which is that room at the top of the stairs, right? That you get told not why to go is, into. What? Yeah. Why is that in the old folks' home? Why is that up there? I've no idea. Oh, and obviously, yeah. So you've got Alice as well, haven't we? Where she she is not actually dead. Apparently, that you know the 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 video that she shows. Who the fuck is Alice? Good song. <laughs> um, Alan's wife. She oh yeah 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 okay yeah, where yeah, yeah. where she tells you that she you know she says she makes out that this is her last recording because she's going to go kill herself 
Oh, I found that chilling where you apparently see her walk off a cliff. I don't know why. That gave me the spooks as well. Yeah, that was horrible. But what she was actually doing was jumping into the lake to go save Alan. Because at the end of Alan Wake, she obviously comes out. He is trapped in the dark place, which he went in to save her. She is therefore haunted after that by Scratch slash Alan. And to help him, she decides that she is going to go jump into the dark place to manipulate him to doing what he needs to do or figuring out what he needs to figure out. Um, I don't know why, and again, overthinking, but those pictures of Alan Wake that she was taking, you know, it was obviously Scratch like, coming in a door and stuff, and then like later in the game, you would be coming you would be coming in a door and there would be pictures taken of you, and then you would see, you were like, oh, that's, is that, that's that picture that I saw before yeah. of me walking into the room. And then like in the first Alan Wake, there's allusions to him, when he's having his writer's block that he has a bit of a drinking problem and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Like the layers of us, like is scratch just like Alan wakes like, the dark side to his like a, personality. Yeah. And is he actually doing this? I was like, is he, and he's like abusive. That's definitely the metaphor that the game is going for. If yeah. nothing else. Yeah. It started to creep me out a little bit and make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, but in a, a, a totally effective way. So let's, I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia now and then we'll, we'll, digest it so then we can at least talk about it so uh let's just say we'll go back to the bit of the after the summoning where they try and summon alan wake from the the lake by playing the little rock concert or whatever so it says oh yeah that summoning ritual fails to summon alan in the current time and instead was responsible for his initial appearance earlier in the story both saga and alan come to the realization that alan and scratch were always the same person with scratch being alan who is possessed by the dark presence at the end of every loop and thus indirectly responsible for alice's death scratch arrives at the summoning site and saga is able to banish him from alan's body only for scratch to possess casey instead steal the clicker and throw saga into the dark place with scratch in possession of the clicker alan concludes that the only way to stop him now is to find the manuscript and write a completely new ending for return i forgot all about that but it's only just come back to me where you go into the dark place and it's just like a daytime thing and everyone's dressed in deer masks and yeah it's fucking crazy cool that bit yeah um i got killed in that bit well if you, what did, if you, I, if you don't so run I, away, there's a bit where them. you get a book and they all start chasing you yeah i ran into the building and then i tried to take a left to go in the corridor and someone just walks out in front of you and stabs the living shit out of you no way oh, i wish i'd yeah. seen that because I, I kept dying to scratch when he was chasing like through the corridors i would always go the wrong way <laughs> i died so many times in those bits yeah so the only way to stop him is yeah to find a manuscript and write a complete new ending for return he returns to his writing room and tries to work out how to write a perfect ending that saves everybody while staying consistent with the horror genre Meanwhile, trapped in her mind palace, Saga fights off the Dark Presence's attempt to overwhelm her with her own negative emotions and self-doubt. Another kind of on-the-nose metaphor, that one. Mm-hmm. Now in the Dark Place proper, she reunites with Breaker, who remains there in his search for Door, heavily implied to be Saga's missing father. Is it? Yeah. Did not pick that up at all. Neither did I. I've read that since, but I yeah, I meant to text you about that actually. Yeah, that that Mister Door is apparently supposed to be her dad because she doesn't know who her dad is. Oh yeah, and they're all seers, and she doesn't know who her dad is because her mum never talked about her. So I guess her mum's probably been in the dark place, mm. which would be why she left that place. Would you call it? I keep watery. wanting to call it Echo Fall. Water, watery, yeah, because she was just getting out of there. She must, she must have left the dark place. Yeah, potentially. Or he's he got sucked in and he's still there. Yeah. Or he decided nah, he's to. He's a malevolent. Go in he's quite he's quite evil, isn't he? Seems that way. 
he's like a traveler through doors, isn't he? He can kind of yeah has more power over it than we think. Uh, she then receives aid from an anonymous woman who directs her to the clicker and a bullet of light. Saga takes the two items and escapes back to the real world by mimicking Dawes' actions on a manuscript page. With the clicker, Alan is able to banish Scratch from Casey's body. Scratch returns to possessing Alan and Saga shoots him with the bullet of light, seemingly killing him and Scratch. As Casey recovers from his possession, Saga tries to call Logan to confirm her safety, but the scene cuts short before any answer can be heard. In a post-credit scene, a recording left behind by Alice reveals that after speaking to an organisation at their offices, presumably the FBC, which is from Control, she had managed to fully regain her memories of what happened to Alan. She had tricked Alan into thinking she committed suicide by choosing to return to the dark place as part of a plan to help him eventually escape, explaining that the only way he can escape the loops is through Ascension, which is clearly going to be Alawake 3. Alan then revives from his gunshot wound and says it's not a loop it's a spiral which a spiral clearly he's able to ascend to the top of yeah the new game plus mode has a new ending as he's shot with the bullet of light alan realizes that it was meant to cleanse a part of himself the dark presence used to create scratch finally killing his doppelganger for good while finishing the spiral and freeing alan from the loop Saga's call connects, confirming Logan's survival, and Alan revives soon after, to the surprise of her and Casey, declaring himself the master of not just two worlds, but many. So they're still there when he wakes up. We also find that out as well. So they're all in the writer's room together. I believe there's also DLC coming for Alan Wake 2 as well. Oh, good. That'll be fun. So that that will hopefully shed some more light on, or at least segue into Control 2, I'd imagine. Yeah, I hope so. So that was basically, yeah, that's just the, the Wikipedia synopsis to kind of give So can some... you wrap this into why the old dudes, the old gods of Asgard keep calling Alan Wake Tom, who is the diver? And also the, the mental guy <laughs> in the uh, in the hotel, right? Is he in the hotel? You go and see him a couple oh. of times, don't you? Thomas Zane, Alan goes to see him. So you do, yes. So who's also Alan Wake? So Alan, these just yeah. like multiple personalities. That's I think that's supposed to be implied. Yeah, this is mm. why I didn't want to talk about the story because it's so open ended and vague and open to interpretation. That you know, I this is it. You can read feel. it. And I think like although I'm un- I'm unconvinced by it. I think like like I was saying, I, you can I can think you can make a fairly reasonable argument that Saga is even real. So like, there's so many layers to it that you can read into it as deep as you like. Interesting. This was from Control. Wake had tried to escape, write his escape. He was already out. He wanted to make it true. Wake needed a hero. A hero needed a crisis. For the part in the story about a government agency, Wake needed something special. That is apparently from Control. Okay. And at the time, according to this guy on Reddit, everybody probably thought this was referring to Jesse and the Bureau. Jesse's the main character of Control. Right, okay. I guess we now know it's actually referring to Saga and her being part of the FBI. Then somebody else is saying Alan can't create something out of nothing. There has to be cause and effect. <laughs> so people don't seem to know. But, but, no, but, but I think that's by design, right? Yeah. It's meant to stimulate discussion like this. So far, it seems very clear that she's related to Tor, or, uh, to Tor and Odin. Tor is her granddad and Odin's her great uncle. And they're still great. Obviously just two dickhead old rockers drinking moonshine and shredding guitars and stuff. I enjoy them. Yeah. 
What did you think of that hospital se- right. section, actually, when he's running around with a hammer? That that was another scary bit, having to walk into a room not knowing what was in there. Yeah. I don't know why, but hospitals are just inherently quite scary places yeah, for, horror, yeah. for games. Yeah. <laughs> that one was an even, like, an even worse hospital where people, like just old people are just being put to pasture in horrible ways. Oh, my God. And so I, I didn't. I did get this right. Rose is has left the diamond and now works in that old folks home, right? That's how that works. The white, the lady, or both, or both, because yeah, she seemed to appear. Yeah, she must just do both. Yeah, because then later on you go back to the diner and it's it's not Rose. It's just that's a, true. Yeah, lady. yeah, it's like an older lady, isn't it? Yeah, unless she has just like two jobs. I assume, yeah, she must have two jobs because I'm sure you see her later earlier on. In the diner, yeah, she talks to and someone Saga refers to, oh, says, there's Rose, yeah, and they're like, oh, she's a bit weird, yeah, because she knows that Saga. She says to Saga, doesn't she, like, oh, you're back, especially after what happened to your little girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's odd because then there's that, yeah, there's like that bit where she's like in the in the river in the old folks' home trying to get the old guys out, and then they get sucked into the dark place, and then Saga's like talks about it, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't in the, like, wasn't in the river. <laughs> Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, which is just just trying to get like an old bloke to come out of the the lake, and he's just sitting in oh. there, standing in there, yelling nonsense, talking about old blokes. Though Cynthia, oh my god, you know what's funny? Those jump scares. Oh, those jump scares are well, I hate them. And apparently, if you play the new game plus, they're um, they've they've <laughs> changed around, so you can't even predict them anymore. But I was what I was doing while um, sort of preparing for this last week is I listened to our Alan Wake podcast. Oh, excellent! And you said at the, for the end of the game of Alan Wake, I, I asked you the question like, "Do what do we think about cinematic endings to games? Like, how do we feel about the fact that the game basically ends with you watch Alan Wake walk into Barbara Jagger, stick the clicker in her, and press it, and then it's kind of over, and you just watch a bit more cutscene. You don't do anything. It's not like a big bad fight." Mm. And you said that that was better than <laughs> shine your torch on an old granny with spindly arms and then shoot her. And that's exactly <laughs> what the Cynthia fight is. <laughs> for me, I know she 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 stunlocked you and basically it looked like it kind of glitched you out. But for me, mm. she didn't touch me because I would just drop a flare every time and then shoot her a lot. And she would just be going... Nah! And then it was pathetic. It was sad and pathetic that I just blew away this old biddy <laughs> after all she'd put me through. All the jump scares where I was fucking thinking I was going to have a heart attack, having to have breaks and play Marvel Snap to calm down, and for the fight to be like that. Um, yeah, that was quite. Fun. But it just made me laugh at you saying, "Yeah, it'll be much better than them doing that." And then that's exactly what they did with her. That was very funny. I love. I that was one bit I really liked when you. Like, I think I said this in the next podcast but when you're walking around the old folks home and they're sort of tying this back and they're like showing different people and they've obviously like they're also like 10 years older so the, the radio guy's now moved into his old folks yeah. home cynthia was the old lady that had lived in the power plant and you you go into her room and she's got pictures of the power plant and stuff and then like <laughs> saga actually goes i think i'm missing context yeah it's like, a really special time in cynthia's life remember that time when yeah. thomas zane wrote a clicker in a shoebox into my life or something which makes thomas zane potentially being alan wake weird unless cynthia turns out to be alan wake's wife alice didn't <laughs> because <laughs> didn't didn't thomas zane write alan wake into 
a poem or something to then get Alan to get him out of the dark place. Isn't that what the first game yeah. starts with? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and Cynthia just like fancied Thomas saying. Yes, that's right. I think, I can't remember where I heard it, but I think the strong belief is that if there is DL, well, when there is DLC for this, that the antagonist in the DLC is very likely to be Thomas Zane, as like reveals himself to be the actual evil. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd be into that. Thomas Zane, there's, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like there's untold stuff about him because he just became a bit of a problem. You never really understood why or what was going on with him and then he died. Yeah. Or did he, who knows? Because he got shot in exactly the same way as Alan Wake got shot at the end. It's quite funny that it's that that loop was, or what he perceived to be the loop, was basically just him shooting himself in the head before he could fix the story over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> the dark the dark presence is just possessing Alan to stop Alan. <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Poor Alan. We, I, we touched on it earlier, but like... I caught, I, you know, the, the, uh, the gimmicks of the two characters were obviously a real fun thing to mm. switch between i really liked like the the sort of true detective twin peaks you know, repeated twin peaks vibes that saga got i thought that was mm-hmm. like did you did you like all the clues and all that kind of stuff i thought that 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 felt to me like it was a more of a sophisticated way or at least a stylistic way of doing an objective marker without having to do an objective marker just here's some clues try and figure out where they go so so you can actively play out the character figuring out what they need to do next then she'll think in her head yeah. of what where she should go and then you just go and do it i thought that yeah. was a really cool way of delivering that that gave you the necessary amount of breathing time that you needed although when it said at the beginning of the game like oh the game doesn't pause in the mind palace so don't do it when there's enemies coming like proper shit me up like when is it safe to do this <laughs> find a light to stand under and you're fine yeah yeah basically but did you enjoy yeah, yeah i yeah, I enjoyed all that. Um, I think I don't know. There, was, I don't want to overplay this because for the most part it was absolutely fine. There was a slight, there's a slight thing with like for me anyway. But when it comes to Red Dead Redemption Two, where I started off and I wanted to run about like I was playing GTA and like run to markers, blah blah blah, and just sprint about the place like you always had in those games. And the game was like, "Whoa, Cecilis, stop!" Yeah, and it makes you slow down at its pace and. There was a while playing Red Thread 2. I was like, oh, this is fucking painfully slow. And then all of a sudden it just clicks and you sort of get into doing what it wants you to do and the way it wants you to do it and it starts becoming rewarding. There was a bit with that. Um, I think initially I found the saga stuff when she's in her mind palace and you're like placing the photos and things like that. I find it quite tedious and annoying because I'm like, I'm actually not figuring anything out here. All I'm doing is pressing yeah. A and then you're telling me about it. There's no actual like detective solving because Saga is such a super cop that she just sort of figures it out by looking at a picture. But eventually, what I found I, that I enjoyed about that is it, it it makes you slow down. So like if I was trying to tear through a bit, it would like, and I was like, where does this go? Where is this going? And, like for a while, it would just be like smashing it in different places. It's like yeah, this isn't working. So you'd act, I'd actually stop and read it, and then I'd be like, oh, that matches up to there, and then I'd go and place it. So yeah, I ended up appreciating it because it would sort of force me to stop doing my what I my normal sort of go-to in games and it would sort of slow me down and engage in the game because I don't think this game's as effective if you were to just sort of head down, sprint through it and not pay attention to stuff. This game is only it's brilliant, you only really see it when you stop and take it in, if that makes sense. And I ended up finding that the Mind Palace and the writer's room were 
opportunities for the game to sort of slow me down and totally make me engage with it. Yeah, because um, there was a definite. I'm trying to. I was trying to find the message because you you definitely had a moment where you text me and you were like, "I've just gone through We Sing, which is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a game, and now I'm back to doing." And I couldn't remember what it was that you said you were back to doing that was monotonous. Oh, mm, no, it wasn't that. Because I, I had a bit of a huff with the game when I had sort of finished everything and I was going around doing collectibles, but that's that's my fault. I didn't have to do those. Ah, here we go. After that absolutely stunning section of the game, the next bit could not be, the next bit could not be more opposite if it tried. Trudging around an area trying to solve a light bulb puzzle, getting totally lost, or having random shadow enemies that you can't predict just punch you to the ground. That must be in the hotel, I think. At first, is it? Yeah. So what? I, so what I done that there was a there was light puzzles when you're in Alan Wake, obviously. Um, and I had gone through a whole section and realised that I yeah. There's a whole bit where you like you go up some stairs, you go around some other stairs. There's like a bit where you go through a door that takes you out a place where the door isn't. If that makes sense. Mm. And I knew where I had to get to, and there was like a it was the there was a shotgun, I think, or some sort, of, or maybe it was the rifle. Anyway, it's in like a, a bar, and you when you go up to the hotel entrance, yeah, you've got to you've got to go and like look up the the cocktail price yeah. that's written on the bar, and that gives you the code to get in. You need a light there, and I hadn't taken the light with me, so I had to. I'd gone through all of that trudging up there, and I just had to turn around and walk all the way back to get a light. And as I was trying to walk back to get a light to come back to have enough. I was getting shoved over by yeah, shadows they kept, and they stuff did do like some that. Sort of respawning, like, didn't they? Man. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, let me go and get this light, and I just couldn't be arsed. Is that the bit where it's like you had to go down a set of stairs, didn't you? But you also had to, mm-hmm. you had to like give it light or take the light away at the top of the stairs, then go down to the bottom of the stairs, then put the light into the light at the bottom. It was like it was a weird yeah. way around. You had to manipulate it because, as you could say, as you're saying, you could see over the edge of the balcony you're on, the like the rooftop bar that you're supposed to be mm-hmm. getting to at the start of the hotel. But there was never steps down there unless you did some kind of weird manipulation. No, and I'd also bit. spent just before I texted you, like, honestly, like ten minutes because you could see a word of power. Or I could see like half of it hiding behind like a propped up bit of wood, and I was trying to see around it to get it, and I just couldn't figure it out. And I was getting annoyed because I'd been hanging around trying to figure that out for ages. So it was not only like a <laughs> tedious bit that I had to turn around and retrace my steps, but I'd also been wasting time in that area. And I was just like, just let me progress. Yeah. So then after I did that, I just made sure I had a, I had every opportunity to take a light bulb with me. I was like picking it back up and yeah. carrying it. I think I had four by the end of it. I just didn't need them all. But I was like, I'm not. Yeah, totally. I just don't want to do that again. But it does, it does give you Wee Sing a lot earlier than I thought. I mean, that's... That could yeah, easily like early. double up as a sort of a grand finale, but it's like mid-game, just genius out of absolute. Do you know the, the 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 worst thing about We Sing is that it like like we we've kind of spoke about already. It's one of the most fantastic video game sequences that I can think of. Same, and there's no way to to go back and just do it. Yeah, like if I want to go and do that section again, because I'd love to like show. Annie, but I just have to. I'd have to replay it to get to that bit. <laughs> well, There's no like go back and select a level and yeah. just like retread it because that's awesome. And uh, well, I don't at least know, it I is only back halfway, I guess. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, and I could just mainline Alan Wake. Yeah, yeah, um, you could. Yeah, but yeah, that that sequence is oh inch perfect. Like everything they do, it's just wonderful. Uh, we talk about it more. We obviously already have, but. 
for list those listeners we talk about that bit more way more effusively as well in, in our game of the year podcast so i don't want to retread old ground now just look forward to how we talk about that there because i was so high on it and i still am i think it's just unbelievably cool it's just that i just love the way that this game sort of lays a trail of breadcrumbs with you and if you pull it sort of if you start following a breadcrumb trail like it's just it's just layers upon layers of mysteries that are masterfully interwoven it's so yeah if they're they're obviously going for a very david lynch style storytelling method and they absolutely nailed it whilst giving it this like auteur feeling of like this is a you can just look at it and be like it's probably wanky to say but it's such a sam lake kind of thing you look at it and Mm -hmm. it's so definitively a remedy game at this point that yeah that and you'll see that even more after we've done control as well that like they're just they they are really honing this style of theirs to make it so like noticeably and indist you know quintessentially themselves that i just i I really love the way that they think about all the details in there like even earlier on when you were saying about max Payne and alex casey and stuff like i think i said to you quite early on when you're in that tv station with mr uh, mr door and Alex Casey's there and Alan Wake's there and Alex Casey's basically like dressed up like Max Payne. Sam Lake does the Max Payne like grimace face that he did in the yeah. original games. It's just like so many little subtle nods and callbacks and layered on top of, as you say, this really intriguing and confusing mystery. It's it's just so clever. I love I love so many parts of this game. I just I love um that Sam Lake exists. I think we, we yeah. I, I cannot remember how deep we went into it on in the next podcast, but you're talking, you, you reminded me when you, you talked about how he's such an auteur. And I think that, I, I, I don't know. I think the games industry needs something like that. I think I was, I think I said this in the next podcast. So apologies in advance if I did, but I was listening to, and I can't remember what podcast it was, but I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how Kojima's into his, is he in his eighties now? Um, what? No, it was maybe Miyamoto. Yeah, I was going to say about. Miyamoto. Miyamoto's in his eighties now, and they were talking. They actually mentioned auteurs and people that were, they were like, "Is there a sort of a seventy-one? You say okay, maybe they said this is the seventies. Yeah, but it's a man that is also known for chain smoking. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, like we've got these like famous industry personnel. So, like whether it's Miyamoto or whether it's um, Kojima and stuff like that, like do they have some sort of uh, what's the word? I was going to say compulsion. Do they have a duty to try and bring in the next one? And I actually don't think that they do because the next one is here and it's, it's Sam Lake. Like, that is fantastic. Like, his his personality, his, his sort of style mm. just drips off of this game. And partly because we've played so many of his games recently. Yeah. Um. It's just so fun to see how much better he's got. Yeah, what you get if you just put in some hard work, like Max Payne to Max Payne Two. We spoke about how much better that was, and, and how he had like writing, tu- yeah, tutoring, tut- tutelage. I suppose. Well, I mean, we've got con- you've played Control, but I think we may have that coming up later this year. Yeah, we played Alan Wake earlier this year, and then Alan Wake Two isn't just a step on from Alan Wake. It is like a night and day better game oh they've in all respects whether it's it actually i think you touched on this so i think i'm nicking something from you but i totally agree it actually makes alan wake look amateurish in a way like it makes the story look like quite quaint by comparison yeah, it does and what he's actually managed to take from that and build into this is just 
stunning. This is yeah. This is what this generation of games should be about. Like the the, mm-hmm. the things that they've done to to adapt this game, almost to like transcend it from just being a game because it has so much layering in the story and in the presentation, as we've just said, like them putting like full music videos and stuff to a song to a heavy metal operatic saga song what's that's going on while you're shooting enemies and having all of these clips of like real actors like in live action settings talking to your characters as you're moving along and sound design and lighting and just yeah it's this is a truly next gen experience in more ways than just graphical power like it's mm-hmm. people thinking about different ways to deliver video games and it's just it's so cleverly done i think um people bandy about like hyperbolic it's like like i said earlier on trying to stay away from them a little bit but like i genuinely think this game's a masterpiece it is. we'll look back on this is like a seminal title that has really just moved on like if i don't know why but it always sticks in my memory listening to like i think it was like a podcast beyond like 15 years ago listen to greg miller talk about metal gear solid and how it was the first game that showed them that video games could be for adults and that they weren't just Mario bopping about on monsters' heads, and they could they could be this bigger thing. To me, that this is the next version of that. If that makes sense, like this is so on a different level. Like we've we've gone through like me being obsessed and writing my dissertation on Mass Effect because yeah. I think the story and actually even by comparison, that story is becoming more and more simple seeming as time goes on. And this this is just sort of take things to the next level. This is treating the audience with respect. Um, allowing them to sort of in a, I think it stands out for me partly because like we were speaking about it like PlayStation games this, the exclusive ones like to hold your hand and take you everywhere you want to go and I think that's part of the, the success with Dark Souls and Demon Souls and that these games are sort of the antithesis of that and they're a real callback to like old arcade games that would kick your ass until you figured out how to get good at it mm. and they wouldn't like hold your hand this game I think from a narrative perspective is is equally as much of a step on it is not treating you like an idiot i mean you'll you'll be better at it you probably know film better than i do but like there's there's directors that will bash over the head with things and this one is not it's it's happy and confident enough in itself to sort of sit and percolate and let you figure it out Mm. and if you don't figure it out then hopefully you still enjoyed it but there is more there to figure out and there's more there stuff that we haven't picked up on for sure yeah definitely and it's just nice not to be treated like an idiot. And this is like an intelligent piece of work. It's also fun to play. Yeah, very fun to play. It's, it's. I mean, Control is fun to play as well because it's got a lot of, um, you know, crazy telekinetic powers mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think, again, the sequel to that is going to be something really special with the way that they've, the way that they've jumped from Alan Wake 1 to Alan Wake 2. If they make a similar sort of leap from Control 1 to Control 2, it's going to be absolutely, like, insanely good. But um, the gameplay on the surface of it i guess the the meat and potatoes of it is still quite straightforward the the combat is mm-hmm. doesn't overcomplicate itself you know the even the the um, the leveling systems and the upgrades and stuff are not massively in depth it's it's quite no. basic just make your guns do this stuff and or make Alan wake's powers do this but um yeah, you're still, you're still, for a lot of the time, you're, you are still just sort of shining your light on stuff and shooting things and trying to conserve ammo if you can and doing some puzzles. But that's the kind of thing that I want to do in a survival horror game anyway. It's classic horror yeah. game formula, just punctuated by this mind-bending narrative that blends fiction and reality together in 
both a very obvious tangible way with real people talking to video game characters and also making you question what parts of the actual game story are real which of the characters really exist what how much of these things are happening for real it's kind of gives them license to fuck with stuff as much as they want and you you almost won't question it because you go oh well maybe that's just alan making it up or whatever at this point i would not be surprised to find out come the end of this series alan wake isn't real (laughs) and it's this is this is they're going to darth vader us and at the end of the star star wars trilogy you realize it's not about luke skywalker it's always been about darth vader yeah maybe we'll figure out that it's never been about alan wake it's always been about thomas zane or something yeah like that. yeah maybe yeah there is definitely a reason why he keeps getting called tom yeah has to be it's not just that they're because they it's always the old people and they like in the old folks on me the game encourages you to put it down to oh they're just a bit confused yeah they're not no they are not they know more yeah and they're now in the, no are they back from the dark no they're in the dark place now it's because they go into the dark place after the rock concert don't you don't to get beach. saga out yeah yeah and she's not out yet. She's still there because, as we so know from the there. from the second ending, she's in the writers' room with Casey and Alan. What a game, man! What a bloody game it is. I'm going to say it now on this podcast so that I do it because I've been saying it for months and months and months that I want to watch Twin Peaks. I'm going to watch at least an episode of Twin Peaks after this podcast finishes. I'm doing it, and I'll report back. See, with the amount of times that gaming adaptations in the visual entertainment media. Oh shit. People need to realise now that I guess it's just the other way around. Alan Wake is like a video game adaptation of lots of different types of TV show and movies. So just enjoy it in that sense and then that's where it's done well. Have you got anything else to add? I I like the fact that the aiming works this time. (laughs) It's not just... (laughs) Alan always aims over his right shoulder, which is excellent. He keeps this torch in one hand and crosses it over rather than me having to continually switch back and forward like I did in the first game very pleased with that yes um the only other thing i was, I was wondering about is do you remember is, back where's that propane tank that you threw at an enemy that you've lost in the bushes oh yeah we <laughs> said to mention that i never managed to make the propane tank work i'd always throw it thinking right I've, i'm getting overwhelmed here yeah i'd throw it and then i'd try and shoot it miss it and then it would be dark so but well I don't know where this damn thing is, so I ended up just not carrying them with me. I, I love that. I love that that also happened to me as well. I just threw it into like some bushes. It was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> there are, bushes are everywhere, though. <laughs> I definitely killed the, you know, when you're in the garage of the, like the biker garage of those two dudes, and there's like a big enemy. Yeah. There. Get, I, I mm-hmm. got him with a propane tank, like just chucked him oh, nice. me, got him in one hit. And oh, I, nice. I was trying to do it, and I did do it in the, the boss fight where they're coming out of the well, but... I didn't realise at that point that I hadn't cleared all the dark things, so they were just looping and coming back over and over oh, again. I that was, was a ball like so that close. fight. I was so close to death in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I went a long time without dying. Like, a really long time. Mm. To the point where I was like, why am I scared? Like, I'm, I'm handling this game. It feels like I'm struggling, which I probably am, but the terror is not necessarily warranted because nothing has killed me yet for the entire game and then I think it wasn't until Scratch chased me and I just went the wrong way that I started to die in it some of them are good but I will say if I'm gonna if someone was to pin me down hold a gun to my head and said give me bugs aside one of the weak points about Alan Wake 2 I think a lot of the bosses were weak yeah um the first boss was the naked dude forgotten his name the FBI agent (laughs) that was just 
fine. Um, the lead up to that was was what it was all about, right? Just was like good, yeah. Just continue going through this dark forest, and you never quite know when he's going to appear and it's going to start. That happened again with the things in the well. Like over and over again, they kept fucking. It's like dead space, isn't it? Yeah. Like you hear the noises, you're seeing stuff going on, but you never quite get to the big bad. But then when you did, as you say, it was just a bit weak sometimes. Yeah, the Cynthia boss fight, boss fight was bad oh, as pathetic. well. I mean, there was I got one shotted by her, and then I did I went full Alex Aldridge in the second time round and minced her without her even touching me. Yeah, that was poor. Um, I thought that I'm trying to think of the the better one. Scratch the, the was, scratch fight was pretty good. Yeah, because you had to fuck around with the lights and stuff. It did give me that horror. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this before to you or not, but there was a there's a bit in the Playtale Innocence. Playtale Requiem, sorry, the second one, yeah. where you've got, there's a guy chasing you and you've you've been absolutely battered. You're like hobbling about and there's this guy looking for you. You've got to like, because it's a, it's mostly a stealth game, that mm-hmm. game. Um, you've got to hide from this person and then run up to this door and start cranking a crank that obviously makes loads of noise, which alerts him and then he comes running for you and you've got to run away, lose him again, come back and start cranking. Much like you've got to turn the lights as he's, yeah. he's stunned. That that gives me the alien isolation fear. Like, I, myself, I don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. Like, it just gives me that horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. And it just must be, like, this horrid fear that elicits in me. Just knowing where you've got to do something and someone's chasing you from behind. I suspect another game that would do that is the Wii U Zombie U game. Yeah, where you have to look at the Where thing. you've got to input the code on, your, yeah. on the Wii U gamepad while the zombies are coming at you. That would do me. Especially as um, in, in Alan Wake's... Um, sense you couldn't uh, use the flare your classic Alan Wake 1 flare drop before you do something because they they make it very clear that Scratch doesn't give a shit about you shining a light on him or throwing a flare at him he just he just tanks through it it's just you've got to shoot him I thought they had changed the, the way the flares work ever so slightly they seem to be a bit like the pipe bomb in Left 4 Dead in that it would attract them well I guess yeah the pathing of them was dumb enough that they just run into which it which never did in the first like game, they never did in the first Alan Wake yeah mm. I wanted to mention of course the, the OP rifle that I talked to you about where if you upgrade the Saga's rifles where it does the you stand still and it will kind of always target an enemy and it will hit their mm. weak points and then you add that to the it will shoot through an enemy even if you haven't removed their darkness shield with the light i got to a stage later in the game where if i heard an enemy i would just stand still get my gun out just randomly aim it round the screen <laughs> until it would almost like slow time down and make this like noise which i assumed oh, meant i've got one it, yeah. in my sights and i just press the button yeah. and they would die in one hit and i'd never even need to let them come near me i stuck with the crossbow a long time i absolutely loved landing headshots with that crossbow it was so good you got a thousand g's didn't you on this Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you obviously upgraded that all the way. I didn't upgrade any of the guns all the way, so I was really fucked off that I can't go back and do this. Must have upgraded that all the way, yeah. yeah. I gave up on that as soon as I got the rifle because I was so sick of, like... I obviously didn't read... Because somewhere it does tell you, but I obviously didn't read that part where sometimes if you shoot a crossbow, it will break. I didn't read that part. Yeah. All I read was, you can pick it up out of enemies. And I kept like not being able to do that. I was like, well, this mm. is shit. And I can only hold four yeah. of these bullets in one infantry slot. Well, I was really that, struggling with infantry space with Saga. I, yeah, that's end up what shifted me. I think I I did most of the game or a lot of the game with the crossbow. But what ended up shifting me was the inventory space and that you could only fo- hold four 
crossbows yeah. in like one inventory slot, whereas you could just hold a whole stack of bullets. And I was just like, ah, I'm getting more bang from my buck in terms of inventory space here. Definitely. Bit disappointed they didn't Resident Evil us and let us Tetris up the because there was a couple of guns I wanted to turn on their side and it just wouldn't let me. Yeah, what well, the fact they didn't even give you a button for moving and you had to press X on it and then go down to move before you could move yeah. it was annoying. Because, I mean, come uh-huh. on, Resident Evil 4 had a different button to just move it mm-hmm. in 2003 or whatever it is. So, come on, boys. That was a shame. But yeah, you're right, I wanted to flip it around as well. And I was still doing the like management of it, like guns at the top, then the bullets in the same order that the guns yeah. are in, and then grenades, and then health. Just every time. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that they tied stuff in. So like, I think we mentioned that, like, the painkillers from Max Payne yeah. were in there. They they used, although they didn't have them as a collectible, they had the thermos flasks again as the save points. Yeah, and I enjoyed that. And I also the- liked that when you had saved it, it went from the thermos being over and then it would be like a cup mm-hmm. of it had been poured out and was ready yeah. to drink. That was awesome as well. Like You just had a little coffee break. I also liked that they sort of, in, in the saga stuff, they would make you sort of bring your save point safe place to life in a lot of places so you would have to like go and obviously fight through danger there was often wolves going around and you would have to pull the the generator yes. before you it was safe i enjoyed that because it added a bit of a i don't know just a bit it just added a bit more fear to it that if you're wanting to get in there and save the game and you're just like oh i need to do this quickly and make it it's gonna make a bloody loud noise and if i mess it up yeah I get, yeah i like that and um, we haven't mentioned the caretaker yet which is probably worth mentioning yeah RT. very mysterious yeah he's mysterious in control as well he's in that a lot so there's a bit where because i think you, you you told me he was in control so i was kind of like keeping an eye on him it's hmm. like one of my beady eyes on him but there was a bit there's a you pick up like a I don't know, it's like a, it's some sort of voice log I was listening to. And Artie's talking to someone saying, oh, and he's like, Le- he, he obviously works for the FBC. And he's then he's like, oh, he, or he, had le- he was leaving or something like that or being chucked out or something had happened. And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to go to Bright Falls and try and get a job there. No way. Yeah. Well, that does that, that does cool. work then because, yeah, he's in he's in the, the bureau in the in control. So, yeah, mm. he obviously does go from there to there, which makes sense as well. It makes him less of like a what I assumed was some sort of omnipotent kind of floaty ghost man. That's kind of what I got a feeling of him because yeah. he's sort of – he knows more than he's letting he knows, on yeah. and he's in both the dark place and he actually uses mop and bucket to move between yeah the two dark places and stuff like that. Um, he's singing a song on the stage that you meet the mayor later on. Ah, oh, mayor said as well. Brilliant. That was excellent. And then also, we haven't mentioned that I'd quite like to touch on is just the weird members of the water community. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're just standing in odd places. Yeah. (laughs) Just at nighttime, they were just like standing on street corners, just looking at nothing. And there's that one that I said to you on the one that, as you walk over the bridge, sort of to get towards the coffee world, there's just one just right on the the edge of the town. And I went right up in it, it was like shining a torch in her eye, like, do say something. (laughs) Hello, but yeah, oh, that is so. That's so like Twin Peaks. I think just it's the other the other one that people. wasn't. She was just down the road from that lady, just standing in the middle of nowhere on the on the fixed road. That you like when you first go to water, she's like standing when it's not raining, like she can feel rain coming. You know what? That's what people do when they put their arms out. It's like I think I can feel rain. Mm-hmm. She's sort of doing that, and then you come back later in the game after it's been raining, and she's on her hands and knees, like facing a puddle. It's really odd. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to see like a clip of what everybody's doing, or just go back and properly look at them again. Because obviously, when you're trying to get through the game, you sort of see them as yeah. a curio and go, "What the fuck?" But I'd love to just go properly look at what everybody's doing. 
Because, yeah, there's some weird shit going on in that place. I'm going to have to re-up my uh, Spotify subscription so I can um, listen to the music because the music is all brilliant, just about. I did find it quite funny that uh, in Alan Wake's like end of chapter stuff, they kept playing the same song about it being looped, which was quite funny. But so, yeah, some of that stuff was okay. But I mean, the the fucking the metal song is so good. I've listened to it so much now, though. I'm I'm almost sick yeah. of myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of getting that way as well. Yeah. Um, the we haven't. I mean, we kind of have mentioned. Uh, you know how much this game terrified me and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think. One of the good parts of that is just the enemy, like the enemies in this game, versus the way that they are in Alan Wake One. So in Alan Wake One, you know they they were kind of scary, but you would be walking in an area, you'd be walking through the the Bright Falls Woods or whatever, and then it would it would always always pan out and be like, here's where yeah. the guys are coming from, and then it would be like slow motion, and they would then run towards you slowly. Whereas this time, obviously, in Alan Wake's part, they were everywhere and nowhere at the same time but in sagas like the the taken in the woods the way that they move like the ones who keep running back and forward and throwing oh, stuff at you and the ones that just sort of teleport sort of really jerky movements like zigzagging towards you like really really scary stuff again i hardly yeah. ever got done by any of this but you had it felt like you had like so little time to react and prepare yourself because they just came at you so fast and there'd be wolves as well but um, far better enemy design in this game than in the original, like to the point where the, the original's kind of nothing either. They're just there, whereas now they're a real threat every time because they're so unpredictable. Yeah. I still like that. And I was trying to think of an example where you were talking there because I'm going to need to give them an example now, but I just can't. It's, it's when they, they like shout really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. As well, when you're when you're walking around, I like that they still kept that. Yeah. Because it's like, again, like I just love the... I don't know. It's like a sort of a palate version of like salt and sweet. Like they just sort of mesh. They're doing this really funny thing, but at the same time, they're bloody scary. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of elevates both at the same time. I can't think. We can think of this on the first one as well, like the kind of things they were saying. But yeah, I swear somebody was talking about Coffee World quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, but I really enjoyed this game's obsession with coffee. It was quite funny that it just kept going on about coffee in loads of different yeah. places, like the diner and the Tim Breakers offering you coffee, and then you go to Coffee World and there's adverts. I'm for actually going to have to see if I can find something because I love that coffee mug that my, I showed you that my friend. Yeah, bought. I put that on my birthday, um, list, but I don't know if I can wait that long. <laughs> it's like, just, um, it's just for me, it's too small. I need a bigger mug. So and I need to find something though because. I need to find some sort of merch for this game to make myself just remember it. I tried to look at the um, the remedy store and the merch for Alan Wake is shit. I'm tempted to just get yeah. some kind of tattoo, but I don't know what I don't know what I want. Hmm, tattoo would be good. Get some kind of deer head or something. Oh yeah, or a coffee mug. Yeah, <laughs> just says, just get the coffee mug tattooed on you. I like coffee. <laughs> Fuck it, that's what I'm going to do. There we go. Yeah, he's done gonna it. Get, he's done it. Going to get an oh dear diner coffee mug tattooed on myself. There we go. What a game. So good Alex gets a tattoo of it. Yeah. Remedy rules. Is, have we anything else for anything else, Alex? Obviously, I like that the map for Saga seemed to be like, you know, it was quite big when you went to certain places. Like, mm-hmm. Bright Falls had quite a lot going on. But I am, even though we said that we weren't, we wouldn't have hated playing like the prototyped version of the game where it was like open world and you collect things in the night, daytime and then you go to the night. I'm glad they didn't. 
they didn't yeah, just I go straight so well. to that again for the sequel because I guess they could and they had more time there more budget I'm glad they didn't just go right let's go back and make the open world game we tried but failed to make the first mm. time they actually just mm. again crafted something that's just unlike anything else the, yeah it's just a truly unique game it and is I think that's it's why and like I've said it before but the uniqueness and the respect it gives its audience I think are the, the things that jump out to me and sort of stick with me the most it is incredibly comfortable being itself and itself is wholly unique wholly unique and that's just so much better for it it's it's a rare thing that a game doesn't wear out its welcome and makes me mm-hmm. want to keep playing and i'm very disappointed when it's over that there isn't any more like the journey to completion is yeah. is not the only reason that i'm still playing it it's because i just don't want to stop playing it and yeah. this has also then done that to elevate remedy as a studio even further in my estimations where whatever they do next i cannot wait and i just yeah, i cannot wait. please don't have any assholes working there and please don't do anything stupid like please don't let sam lake be some kind of abuser or an enabler of abusers <laughs> please don't let them start doing predatory like nfts or fucking microtransactions in any of the dlc like they've they've almost done it with the digital only but that's not their fault like don't spoil our beautiful boys from Finland. Just uh, let's just hope that they stay pure and brilliant for as long as possible, because they fucking rule. They do, they do, and they're, they're one of the. There's there are, there are a couple developers that I ever think everything they do is immediately on my radar. But this is this is one of them. Every time Remedy have a new game coming out, well, I'm, until they mess it up, I'm definitely playing it. Yeah, and look out for us doing Control later this year. Yeah, I can't wait for Control. And I'm going to try and give some quantum break. Yeah. Uh, some try and own tech. Must be on Games Pass that game, right? But next up, we're leaving Bright Falls behind. Not really. And we're moving <laughs> to a tropical island that is undergoing a freeze, Alex. Oh, yeah. After the game of the year, where we will definitely talk more about Alan Wake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> game of the year's next. I wonder what will win. Then. Yes. The next game, we're heading back to Donkey Kong Land and Donkey Kong's Tropical Freeze. The game David has already beaten basically in a day. In a pretty much in a day, yeah. Yeah, holy shit! Loved it. Cannot wait to talk about that. Spoiler. That's far. That's ten years old. That's why we're talking about Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Ten years old already. How many Donkey Kong games have we discussed? One this will be our third country, and two, and then we did the third. Was it? No, we did one and two in a double feature, and then we played three, and were thoroughly sick of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. It's not a good game. That's the one with the baby, right? Yeah, and I kept saying to you, like, Tropical Freeze is the best. Is the best one after these originals. You need to gonna have to that. try and get a hold of the one before Tropical Freeze now to get to continue my fix. But yeah, that's next, and then after that, it's February Film Fest time. Which one of those are we doing first? Are we doing Batman or Robocop first? Mm, don't know. Really in the mood for Robocop, <laughs> and. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Owner Issue podcast. If you liked what you heard, and even if you didn't, why not give our numbers a bump by subscribing to our podcast feed of choice? You don't even have to listen. You could just subscribe and then go to Twitter and give Alex abuse. Or if you prefer to imbibe your podcast in a visual format, you can head on over to YouTube and search Owner Issue podcast where you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. If the podcast isn't enough for your bi-weekly dose of a Winner Is You chattery, you can also follow us on the website formerly known as Twitter, at Winner Is You Pod, and you can even send us an email to tell us how wrong we are about our gaming opinions by writing to your winnersupod at gmail.com. Alex and I also have Twitter, at DavidSmiley1 and at SuperThrillix respectively. 
it's not respectively because I did Alex first, then me, <laughs> and then did me, then Alex. So figure out who's who. It'll be a surprise for you. We also have TikTok now, so find us over there. Just search a winner's you pod and we will pop up. Any housekeeping, Alex, or are we done? No, no housekeeping. <laughs> no housekeeping. No. Bye, Sega Force. I don't know if we've ever said that on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Bye, yeah. Sega Force Mega. Yeah, we're right for that. Honestly, it's, we're not we're not just saying that the Wii U is better than the Saturn all the way through it. It's uh, genuinely a celebration of Sega, written by other people. We hate just Sega. Us. That's why we write for a Sega magazine. On that bombshell, I've been David. He has been Alex, and we have been Go Hershey, and I'm out. Keep going. <laughs>